In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In today's Gospel, we see the Lord Christ inviting Levi, who is to become Matthew, the evangelist. And then he dined with him and his friends, that we know that we, they were all tax collectors, and according to uh, the norm, these people are all sinners. So the Lord were, was answering the Pharisees and the scribes who started to criticize him. Why he is eating with those people and, and spending time with them. So the Lord said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. God defines the kind of relationship he has with us. So we know from him that he is a father, and we accordingly are his children. This gives us a certain understanding of how he thinks of us. Every time we struggle with ourselves and we feel like, maybe God rejected me, it doesn't need more than just looking at my child, my son or my daughter, and saying to myself, there is nothing he or she can do that would make me to reject him at all. So this kind of dimension we understand because he defined for us that he is a father and we are his children. Today when he says that I am a physician and those who are are sinners are sick, this gives us a, a great deal of comfort because he is giving us this understanding that the relationship between us and him is the relationship between a true physician who cares about his patients and us in our sicknesses are all our, our sin and our sins are all sick people so what are these kind of implication what this like let us know and understand the first thing is that we are all born with a corrupt nature we all struggle one way or another we find ourselves maybe this person is maybe inclined towards anger and this person maybe is struggling with cruelty or any kind or form of addiction or sexual perversions including homosexuality and all of these and, and the gender this uh, discomfort or, or dysphoria all of these are part of this corrupt nature that we are born with we are all called to struggle against and we are all to understand that this is our illnesses we just need to run to the physician. We do not excuse a person who is, in a way, given to anger. We let him or tell him that you have to struggle, you have to try, you have to have hope in God. In the same way also when it comes to sexual perversion. It's surprising that the world today is trying to redefine what is normal and what is good. So if you are struggling with addiction, this is something you have to work it out. But if you are struggling with sexual perversion, this is normal, live with it, and uh, everybody has to accept this as normal. The worst thing that can happen to a sinner or a sick person is to define his sickness as normal. Uh, this is how it is. It is okay that I have diabetes or I have hypertension. I don't need to call for, for my physician for help. So this is the first thing that we have to understand. We are all, all of us are struggling with something. Either things we are born, like to be inclined with, or because of how we were raised in our household. The second implication is that no patient can heal himself. Let us agree on this. Sometimes we think that, oh, God is upset at me because I did not heal myself from my illness. 
No patient whatsoever would think that my doctor is upset at me because he was expecting me that I would be healed before I go and knock on the door of his office. No matter how hard we try, we cannot heal ourselves. That's why every time whenever we come in confession, you always hear from Abuna. Okay, you need to pray, you need to fast, you need to read the Bible, you need to go to the church, you need to confess. All of these are the medicines. All of this exercise about I'm going to control myself, I'm going to act on my will, it will fail as always. We tried ourselves many times before. How many times we vowed to ourselves and we made like an agreement, I will never do this again. And how many times we failed. I can tell this about myself, it is 100%. With no exception, anything I tried on my own, with my own effort, to change in myself, this never came to some kind of a fruitful end. So this is again one thing we have to understand. No patient can heal himself. We have no hope except to go to the right physician and ask for his help. The third implication is patients are not to be blamed for their illness. You never see a doctor that somebody comes and say, a doctor, I'm struggling Maybe or I'm, I'm suffering from hypertension, my blood pressure is high, and the doctor will say, how this could happen? Why you allow this to happen? It never happened like this. The doctors will never blame a patient for his struggle. But the patient is to be blamed whenever he is negligent or for asking for help. If I know that I have an illness and I don't ask for help, and my illness is, is getting worse, definitely there is something here I have to be blamed for. Staying away from the doctor or from the hospital, that is the church, definitely this is something will bring blame upon myself when I do it. The second thing is, if I am prescribed a medication and I am negligent in taking it, if I go to the office of the doctor the next time and I say, you prescribed this for me because I was suffering from diabetes, I am still suffering by the way and I am not taking the medication, then what? This doesn't make sense. At that time, definitely the patient to be blamed for his negligence of taking the right medication. The fourth implication is the beginning of the process of the healing of any human being, all of us, is always answering this question to the Lord, that he asked to the paralytic that was laid on the, on the pool of uh, Bethesda. This man was sick for 38 years, and then the Lord is asking him, do you want to be made well? What a, of a kind is like a, a strange question this to be asked for a man who has been suffering with an illness for all of that long. But this is the same. Sometimes we tolerate the illness. We live with it and even we favor it. Many people will diff answer this question different way. If you, the question for the Lord to me today, do you want to be made well? Some people will answer this way. I'm not sick. Why do you ask me? I'm okay. I am perfectly fine. The second way of response is that I am, yes, I know that I am sick, but I do not want to be healed. Yes, I like my illness. I just want to stay where I am. I am enjoying this kind of illness that I am, I am struggling with. The third kind of response is, yes, I am sick, but I know how to be healed. Thank you very much for your, for your care, but let me handle it. And the fourth, kind of people will answer this. I am sick. I cannot help myself. I am desperate. I need your help. I will do whatever it takes. 
those are the only people who can really receive healing at the end. The world is going, all of the world is suffering an illness of sin that's devastating. We all need the true physician, but sadly, only maybe few people who acknowledge that they are sick and they need help, they cannot help themselves, and Christ for them is the only physician that can heal them. So the process always starts with this, answering to myself, answering to him the question, do you want to be made, made well? The fifth implication it is, it is when I suffer and fail the most, when I need my doctor the most. It is very common for us, this kind of pattern. I sin and then I do not go to pray because I do not want to stand before God while I feel guilty. It's exactly like someone who is sick and his sickness gets exacerbated and says, I'm not going to see the doctor until I feel better. This doesn't make sense. Actually, it is when I, I fail the most when I should run to him. Many times we avoid going to the church just before I feel so guilty. I cannot read my Bible because how can I meet with God while I have committed this? But if we think of ourselves as, as sick people, we are ill. It is exactly this time that I need to run to that physician and tell him that I have symptoms. The story of Amba Musa, the strong, tells us that in one day, struggling with his thoughts, it was so tormenting to him, he went to his father of confession, confessed in one night 11 times. 11 times. Going to say, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, pray for me. I have all of this of kind of troubling thoughts. I wonder if St. Moses stayed in his cell just feeling ashamed. I do not want to go to my father of confession. I do not want to talk about it. I don't know if he would be the man that we, we celebrate today. So this is something to remember. Whenever we fail, it is the time to run and pray. Whenever we commit something that we feel ashamed of, it is the time when I go and I open my Bible and receive the word of comfort from God's mouth. The sixth implication is that church, if Christ is the physician, this is his office then. This church is, is his hospital. Sometimes we are uh, shocked and frustrated and we say, imagine Abuna, those people in the church are doing this kind of actions. What is exactly so surprising? What do you expect to see in the hospital? Sick people. All of us, including the priest himself. The priest is just a volunteer who is given the medicine to distribute it to others while he himself is partaking of it. If you notice, Abuna is the first person who takes communion, right? Why? It's not because he is his preeminence. It is because he needs to take the medicine before he can give it to others. Just so he can stand on his feet and be able to distribute the medicine to other people. So this is something again, the church is the hospital. When you see illnesses around you, don't be surprised or frustrated. Just pity the people and pray for them because they need help as you also do. The seventh implication is the medicine of forgiveness. This is a great medicine, by the way. And Christ is administering this always, for free, very easily. And this medicine works again as the damaging effect of sin, guilt and shame and fear. People wonder with this kind of heavy burden, this sense of guilt, bombarding their thoughts all the time. It is the place, and he is the one who administers this kind of medicine, 
the medicine of forgiveness. It's amazing how we trust every time. When I come up to him, we don't think twice he was going to forgive us. He will always do. He will always give us this kind of medicine, teaching us also to administer this medicine to other people whenever they are in need. The eighth implication is that true physician applies his medicine with wisdom. Some medicine they soothe. It's very soft and comforting. Some others are bitter and they are painful. But a good physician will never hesitate or shy away from administering a difficult medicine or even doing a surgery. Sometimes we find God doing a surgery to a person, an amputation that's very terrible, very difficult. We look at it and get scared. Always remember that he is the true physician and he knows what he is doing. And he is not going to give you whatever you wish. He is not like the physicians of today who work with the people with, with, with sexual struggle and saying, whatever you wish. If you want me maybe to remove your breast or remove your womb just because you ask it, I will do it. This is not really medicine. Medicine is to do what is best for the patient. He is not uh, opening a grocery store just selling whatever the customer is asking for. Christ is the true physician and he knows when to apply a certain medicine. Some will be okay, some will be difficult, but at the end of the day, the aim is healing whatever it might cost. The ninth implication is he may allow a throne in the flesh as a preventive medicine to protect a person like St. Paul from the deadly illness of pride. Being a good physician, not only he cares to heal those who are sick, but even he will look before it happens and say, oh, this person he is healthy, but I'm afraid that maybe some kind of illness will be waiting for him. St. Paul was one of those people. He was given a lot of revelation, a lot of glory in his relationship with God. And Christ being the true physician, he allowed him to have this thorn in the flesh, a preventative medicine, so you are not going to be killed with bride. It's exactly like a doctor saying there is some kind of an illness going on and then ask his, his healthy like patient, okay, take this kind of vaccine. This will keep you safe. Might be painful, might get you sick for a couple of days, but at the end of the day, it's going to save your life. Save your life. This is exactly how he takes care of us. The medicine that he administers are in many forms. The father's sort of communion as what? As the medicine of immortality. Imagine this. If we heard about a physician, whoever his name is, and he has a medicine newly invented, he will give it to you and you will never die. Imagine how crowded will be the office of this physician. People will run and stand and maybe kill each other in the way to receive this medicine. This medicine is on the altar every single day. And sometimes we shy away from it. And we think it's a prize for the good people. I couldn't come to that church and take communion because I felt bad about myself. What do you mean? It is because you feel bad about yourself, because you are struggling, because you need this medicine. That's why you come. It's not because you are a good person and then you are rewarding yourself by taking the prize of communion. Think always and remember this. Communion is the medicine of immortality. The way Adam al-Mut, 
The eleventh implication is the dearer the passion of sin, the more painful the therapy of it. Yes, sometimes we are we are attached to the to the illness and we, we are familiar with it and we like it. Saint Gregory of Nisa says, just as the excision of the word gives a sharp pain to the skin of the body, so then must there be some anguish in the recovering soul which had a strong bent to evil. Sometimes maybe what needs to be excised is my best friend. This is the person that's really causing me a big deal of illness and I need to be away from him or her. It's painful. But again, if I want to be healed, if I want to be made well, whatever it costs, then I should be ready to receive this kind of pain and anguish in order for my life to be saved. The last implication is the way to recovery is by reversing what was done. There is always medicine that is like opposite to how I got myself sick. Irenaeus, the famous saint from the second century, says this, How then are the sick to be made strong? It is by un undergoing a great change and reversal of their previous behavior by which they had brought upon themselves serious illness and many sins. Ignorance is an example. The mother of intractability is driven out by knowing the truth. If my illness is caused by my ignorance, then what I need to take as a medicine is the truth, to learn. If my sin is because of negligence, in my relationships, maybe I need to pay attention to whom I am attaching to myself with. If my illness is because where the places I go to, the things I allow myself to see, the websites that I open with no care, if this is my illness, the reason for them, then what needs to be done is to undo all of these. This is what we understand again from the Lord saying that I am a physician and you are the sick people that under my care. I pray that myself and all of you will always respond to the question, do you want to be made well by responding the right way? Yes, O oh Lord, I am sick, I am struggling, I do not know how to heal myself, and I know that I have only hope in you, and I am ready to do whatever it takes in order for me to be, to be healed. May the Lord grant healing to our souls, bodies, and spirits. To him is the glory forever and ever. Amen.